5 in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello, and a very warm welcome to your favourite news review show, 5 in the Eye, right here on Colourful Radio. This is me, Michael Ojo, and you're listening to episode 349, a prime number show. Bring it on. And this is Phil Woodford joining Michael by Zoom this week, revealing that we have a very special guest on the show, joining us for the first time on the Eye. It's Andy Gregg. Hi there, Andy. I'm sure our listeners will want to know just a little bit about you before we we launch in. Hello, Phil. Hello, Michael. Uh, I'm Andy Gregg. I'm just recently retired, but prior to that, I was the chief executive of a a small voluntary organisation called Race on the Agenda, which looked at how we can all live together harmoniously and and ensure good race relations. What's our our first story going to be this week? I can reveal that our top story this week is going to be really uh, the the changes that are taking place in the world and the tectonic plates, the whole notion of the kind of the, the, the international politics has been shifting in just literally three weeks flat. Uh, in response to the Ukraine crisis. Five in the eye. That's a really big story. I'm looking forward to discussing that. Well, for story number two this week, it's the bravery of a particular journalist, Marina Ovasi... Ov- Ovsianikova. <laughs> go on, go on, help, help, go on help, help me, Andy, go on. Marina Ovsianikova. 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 I practice this. You know, we do practice on five now. Ovsianikova. And respect to her. On a widely viewed, on a widely viewed state-controlled Channel One on Russia, she staged a one-woman protest against the war, live on TV. Top woman, top woman. And what's story number three? It's the language of the war, which seems now to borrow from the world of cranks and conspiracy theorists. Michael will tell us more later on. I'm, I've done the research. I've done the research. And then for our fourth story, we can discuss men's suits. Apparently, they're no longer going to be included in the Office for National Statistics basket of items used to calculate inflation. Could be something, I suppose, to do with uh, with lockdown. We've not been wearing suits. We've all been wearing pajamas from waist down. Uh, have the days of a smart whistle really come to an end? Nightmare. And finally, to wrap up the five, it's a member of the House of Lords who wasn't allowed to contribute to a debate because he'd slept through a minister's speech. Michael, no one would ever sleep through your contributions to this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We're going to kick off the show this week, as as, as Andy indicated, uh, with this, what's happening globally, internationally, almost, almost like she's tectonic plates are shifting as what Russia has done to Ukraine has touched Europe, America, China, everybody is behaving differently. The world has changed. The, the, the Germans, have, there's a beautiful word the Germans come with, the word Zeitenwende, literally a watershed, but, but it really means um, a world of a world changing event. And that's what we've had in the last, the last week or two. We certainly have, yes. 
I mean, it's not just because looking at looking at Africa as well. Of course, I mean, if if if, if Ukraine uh, is unable to export its huge amount of produce around around bread making equipment, uh, you know, flour and stuff, uh, Africa parts of Africa are going to be in dead trouble. So this is a, a, a it may sound like a white European event, but it's a really a, a really world epochal. I think that is a fundamental point there in terms, on the one hand, this is a war between Russia and uh, Ukraine, but it has consequences and those consequences ripple around the world and those consequences are economic. You mentioned the flour because Ukraine is, is, the, is literally the, the, the breadbasket of Europe, exporting wheat all over the world to Africa, as you say, and to China. And at the same time, uh, uh, Russia... Uh, a third of a third of, of um, Europe's oil comes from Russia. A third of all, and and they, they've and what they, what Europe is going to say is said enough of that. We're not going to have your oil anymore. So, so on the one hand, you've got uh, you've got the world is going to have to look for other places for its bread, for its food, and yet the other hand, they're going to look for another another well, another place for its for its oil. So well, yeah, I mean, there's changing the way the world operates. I mean, there's been some interesting developments this week. Naz- Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe, um, who being held hostage in Tehran, um, was released and reunited this week with her her family. Now, why did this happen at this particular moment? Because the British government has somehow, we presume, paid off the £400 million debt that the Iranians claim we owed from the era of Bashar. I mean, we could have done this in the last, any time in the last four decades, but it seems to have happened this week. And so you wonder what geopolitical machinations have been going on behind the scenes with regards to relations with Iran. We've got China as well under immense pressure and scrutiny because on the one hand, they seem to be trying to sit on the fence over the the Ukraine crisis. But at another level, uh, certainly domestically, they push the line quite hard of the Putin government to the to the Chinese people. And so there's pressure points all over the place in there, Andy. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's some great news about uh, Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe and, and the other um, uh, 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 human rights activist from, from who, who was under pressure and was, was released along with her. But there's also some negative things. I mean, I have no doubt that... Uh, um, that Boris, who is is about to visit uh, a country that's just executed 81 people, one of the reasons he's trying to do that, of course, is a, as a result of, of the Ukraine business. He's got to try and get the Saudis to uh, um, export more oil to bring the prices down. Uh, there's even talk, of, uh, 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 as you say, of um, changes with uh, uh, and um uh, moves made towards Iran and even places like Venezuela are are in the frame for trying to kind of take some of us the pressure off uh, the prices that are going to go up because uh, and, and let's, pick, let's pick you up on the Venezuela comment and linking it to what you talked about earlier about the, releasing the um in earlier this week when when the, when the Iranians re- released um, their hostages similarly Venezuela are releasing hostages to American hostages. So there's yes. kind of there's moves being made now. Not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but you know the the, the timing just seems quite suspicious here. 
in you know, oh, terms yeah. of when, 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 when the, we're going to stop the Russian oil, which is about 100 million barrels of oil a day, and the, um, uh, the, 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 the oil could be cut from, dare I say, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. So we're reaching, no, sorry, Iran rather. So we're reaching out to these nations now. In a way, it's kind of to, to fill that that void. And the, yes. the thing, the thing that I'm I'm really interested in is in the sense that Russia does do, it could not have envisioned what it's done to the world. Germany, oh, no. I, I Germany, think... with, with that stability of the almost seventy years, eighty years of stability in Europe, based on reaching out to Germany. Within three weeks, it says this is not working. This is not working. We're, we're going to increase our spend in defense. Not, not increase. It was going from what, 1.7 or something to 2, 2% plus. It's massive increases. And we're not going to use your oil. So the well, world has changed and not to Russia's advantage. No, no, no. One thing is quite clear. I mean, clearly the the Ukrainians haven't won the war, and we're a long way away from that. But clearly, I think Putin can be said to have already lost it. He's got Germany now spending, uh, you know, megabucks on defence and uh, changing their entire profile. He's got... He's got the Chinese who didn't vote, um, uh, who abstained in the, in the in the Security Council. He's got all manner of of of, of uh, ways in which the European Union is pulling together, NATO is pulling together, and support from you know. I mean, I think there are only five countries voted against, which Eritrea. Belarus, North Korea, and uh, uh, the Soviet Union with a five. I mean, if you want to be in that sort of co- uh, of company, then you really are in well, trouble. In, in many ways, Andy, though, in that vote, the abstentions were more interesting. So you look at places like Indi- India, for instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. who weren't prepared to take stand. I mean, so big powers, India and China, uh, abstaining. I, I, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I challenge you there. India's not a big power. In, India always sits on the on the fence. It's, it's, it's in this, China's the one that, I, that I'm looked to, looked to. And can I just be flipping this for a few moments before we finish this, but... There was they just had the Global Soft Powers Conference in London this this week, and and they 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 issued you know the most influential, the greatest soft powers in around the globe. And this this this, this poll comes from um, interviewing over a hundred thousand people around the globe. And guess who's number one? Yeah, United States up from number six. Now, how did they fall to number six? Well, we can discuss that, but this is, this is from, from six last year to number one. Now, now that a certain Mr. T is gone. But Britain's up. I was shocked to see Britain up at three. Germany's gone down. But look, 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 look at um, China and Russia. Russia up at 13. But this is before Ukraine, before the Ukraine. And I'd love them to do that poll now. To see where Russia is in 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 this in terms of soft power, its influence around. Yeah, the world. I, I I don't I don't think Putin and soft power are particularly compatible bedfellows. I mean, I think Putin is someone who 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 believes in blackmail and and and, and brute force, and so I, I don't think he'd be too worried that Russia was slipping down the the, the, the league table here, Michael. Just one final thought, though. You mentioned Trump. Um, well, how about this for an irony? Trump was the one who was demanding that nations like Germany paid 2% of their GDP towards defence and made a proper contribution to NATO. And at the time, this was was rubbished as classic uh, classical uh, populism and, and, and uh, 
uh, and Trump trying to uh, to maybe get out of NATO, uh, uh, you know, the, the US to withdraw from NATO eventually. But isn't it ironic now that his his stated aim of getting the countries to to cough up the cash is happening under the Biden uh, presidency. No, 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 that's a great point, Phil. But I would challenge you. He didn't know what NATO was about. He didn't understand the rules. He didn't understand why NATO was, and he was a he was a Russia file, white ethno nationalist, in the same box as Putin. So no, I I, I hear where you're coming from. But I, you know, I, I don't. I think the irony is, is is more is more nuanced. Well, one of the new words that we're all starting to wrestle with, of course, and we'll be talking maybe a bit, bit about this later, is compromat, of course. And there are stories that you know the, uh, the, the, the that Putin has a whole load of compromat, particularly a uh, particular. Um, I won't even mention what, what was alleged to have happened. But, uh, uh, <laughs> basic basic rule and basic rule andy is is if if you're if you're in a hotel room in moscow turn the cameras off I think, absolutely yes <laughs> indeed live in the eye we're, we're, we're going to move on to, to story number two phil tell us about uh number two yeah, well, this this is here. We rely on Andy's pronunciation, of course. This is the brave Russian journalist who worked for the state TV uh, company um, in um, in Russia, Channel One, and this is the channel that is piped into most uh, Russian homes, and certainly this is the channel the older generation would turn to for their kind of evening news and so on. Now, the vast majority of the the content is. Is, is blatant Kremlin propaganda um, and, and only puts one side of the story about what the Russians call their special military operation. Um, but this brave lady um, actually managed to uh, jump in behind the presenter and present a placard uh, demanding an end to the war and telling people not to believe the propaganda. And uh, she was whisked away very promptly and they cut within about two seconds to some footage. But um, she uh, ended up with a, a small fine. The fear, perhaps, Andy, is that there could be a worse fate in store for her because Putin never really likes anyone he considers to be a traitor, does he? Well, I think the under, my understanding is of, of the fine situation is that this was if you like a sort of civil action they're taking first and that it will be open to them to reopen a criminal case against the further down the road. And all the evidence, of course, shows that Putin uh, is, 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 is going to be very, very strict and very ruthless about this. But it was a hugely um, a brave thing to do. Um, a, a number of other people have resigned from um, various different um, Russian uh, television companies, but but doing it as openly as this was a really extraordinary piece of work. And I think Marina Ovsianovica uh, uh, will be will go down in history with an almost unpronounceable name to us us uh, us English people. But I think it's it's one who that will remain you know a really important and tremendous piece of work it was been exciting for me about this was that she was speaking to old russia the tv watching russia because there's two russias and it's very glib but it, there are two there's the young russia which is internet which yeah. is which is tiktok which is facebook which is the, the one they used the, uh, rather than WhatsApp, 
They want the different the telegram. They use that telegram. They've got a different way of talking to each other and getting the news. And can I just be just for a few moments, guys? I always thought that as a negative thing, too much information. You don't know who's telling the truth. You know, how do you find out what reality is? But when you've gotten, because but then, I've, then I, I have to realize in Russia, they haven't got the New York Times. They haven't got the Washington Post. They haven't th- those reference points in their own country. Whereas we're fortunate, we do in the West, we do have reference points that we, we can turn to for the truth. So whether these um, these inter, so-called internet generation, these younger people go for the truth and, and, and tell their older people, these TV people, this is where you find out the truth. There's yeah. nowhere for them to go. It's, 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 all, it's, all, it's all Russian. No, Michael, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of the evidence of people who are young people who are in Ukraine who may have Russian uh, uh, family is that they've been phoning their Russian family and, and, and finding that the most uh, backward thinking is coming from people who watch too much TV. Uh, and it's the older people who watch TV who are saying, no, 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 this is just a special military operation when, you know, we don't kill people, we don't. And uh, so that's, I think, where it is. Can I just come back at that? There was a, I listened to something the other day. There was a daughter talking to her mother in Russia. She was, she was a mother's Russian. And her father is Ukrainian and she's living, she's married a Ukrainian, but she's Russian. It's all horribly mixed up. And the mother was saying to her, she's watching the news. She's telling her daughter in Ukraine that the Ukrainians are bombing themselves. Yes. Her mother believes this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is extraordinary that people can be so isolated in 2020. I mean, we, we, we kind of accept there are a few exceptions like North Korea and so on, which are obviously completely closed societies. But there is clearly a generation in Russia where this is the case and people are incredibly isolated from, from news sources that many of us would take for granted. Um, I just wanted to come back, though, to this idea of individual heroism, because, you know, it is very inspiring. Uh, to see what uh, Marina did in this um, in, in, in this instance, and um, you know there are examples in history. Of course, you know there were there were people who um, protested against the Nazis, for instance, in Nazi Germany, and they mm-hmm. uh, they often met very dire fates. Um, the bravery to 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 stand up is is, is extraordinary. Look at um, Navalny, for instance. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily I think a great deal of his politics and so on but he is a focal point he's a focal point of opposition to putin um and he was poisoned um with with novichok um they tried to kill him um he's still tweeting from prison even now uh it takes some some real courage doesn't it it certainly does i mean he's got 15 years in prison i think Navalny, and you know i mean in a sense one of the things I think we've got to get used to is the fact that some people are saying this is the third world war has already started in the sense that, you know, actually uh, the use of Novichok on British, British <laughs> soil, uh, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the fact that, that um, the, the, Soviet, the, the, the Russians feel they can bump people off it with a complete impunity across the world. You know, this is serious stuff. And no, you don't, you know, Andy, on the money, uh, and uh, this idea of crossing a line. Remember Obama talked about um, 
Saddam was um, in Syria crossing a line with with, with the with the As- chemical Assad, yeah. As- Assad, Assad, right? Assad yeah. in, in Syria on his own people. Nothing happened. I mean, I, I come from a very much a peace, peace loving background. I'm an old member of CND. But actually, I do think that 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 there is something in the notion that if in 2014 we had done something yeah, that, yeah, exactly so what was going on in Idlib and Aleppo when Bashar al-Assad was 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 using using chemical weapons quite openly with Russian Russian backing I think um we would you know Assad Assad would have would have would have been contained and I think um Putin would have been more circumspect about what he's been trying to do recently yeah. I mean I think you know that the, the reality is um He's got to, Putin has got to know that um, any use of non-conventional weapons is a real red line on this on this occasion, because I fear otherwise he will be potentially in a hole and he'll be looking for any way out of it. I don't believe for one moment he's interested in any peace. So we have to be prepared for that. Um, and But as you've rightly said, the credibility of any stand that we make and any red lines that we draw is undermined by our previous ineffectual response to the to the terrible war in Syria. Five in the eye. Story number three this week was just it occurred to me. Well, I, was, we, we, this, I saw this this um, on Twitter. Uh, a, a man they were applying a makeup to uh, an actor, and he was he, this guy was accused of being a crisis actor for a made up um, video clip of bombing in Ukraine. That's a crisis actor. I've never heard that. Is this a job? Crisis actor. But then it turns out, you know, professionally, there are people who do have made up, are made up, and they're, and they're put into scenes of, 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 of carnage, of crisis. But then how that film is used, it could be an, in a film, but then if it's used in a video to support how Russia is bombing Ukraine or Ukraine is bombing Russia or whatever, this, was, this crisis act has been abused and there's a whole vocabulary coming out there. I was reminded of, you know, this, this idea of a false flag, you know, this idea of on the battlefield, you, you, you put, you, you'd make a declaration to entice your enemy when it wasn't true. You know, it, 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 it was some way of luring your enemy into, into believing something that wasn't true. So these are words that I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with, but almost becoming common currency today. Well, I think of- in, in, in recent years, the, these, these terms are really the currency of conspiracy theorists and cranks who would tend to describe almost anything that they see in another great phrase, the mainstream media, yeah, the yeah. MFM, <laughs> yeah. anything they see in the mainstream media, uh, they their instinct is not to believe it. And it doesn't really matter how well validated it is and how obviously true it is. They still won't believe it. And this is where the idea of the of, of the so-called false flags come from. They, these are people who believe there is always some sinister ulterior um, uh, causation of, 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 of anything that we see. 
I think that's probably true, but I do think that actually if you want to use chemical weapons, if you're Putin and you want to use chemical weapons, or even, dare I suggest, and I, said, I hope to God he never does, but but a, 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 a tactical, not a, not an inter, intercontinental, but a tactical nuclear weapon, if his troops get really bogged down in, in, um, in Ukraine, then actually a false flag operation is probably the only way you do it. You blame it first of all, or you say that the, uh, as they're now trying to do, that, that there are there are loads of different outfits and organizations in the Ukraine that are building chemical yeah. <laughs> as we speak. And I mean, this is very much what, what, what Assad did in, in Aleppo, actually. It was a false flag operation. He was blaming, he blamed the uh, uh, the Syrians for for bombing themselves with chemical war. So know, what so. we're what we're saying here is that there are real false flags, and these are things that might be dreamt up by the intelligence service and the military of rogue countries, probably mainly. Um, and although there is a history, and we have to say, of, of yes, exactly, the, of the Vietnam War. war. Yeah. Uh, of, of very dubious circumstances uh, back in the uh, the early 60s. Um, but, I mean, I think today we are probably talking about rogue actors who would uh, deliberately, like Assad and Putin, deliberately create the impression that something else was going on uh, that wasn't wasn't the reality. But then there's this conflicts also and, uh, and, and overlaps with this crazy world where People claim everything's a false flag, yeah. um, and, um, and 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 that COVID doesn't exist, and the, you know, I mean, uh, and it well, becomes, becomes it's very I'm difficult. So- it becomes very difficult, doesn't it, to distinguish truth from reality? I'm uh, sorry, Phil. But all you got to do is do the research, as these people keep telling us. Do the research, and I love their research. You know, Google for a few hours on the internet, and suddenly you're the equal of some of some PhD uh, neuroscientists who's, who's been in the doing ten years research. You've done an afternoon's research on uh, on vaccines, and you know it all. Do the research. It's just nonsense when people say that. You know, because I love it. It's in the same boxes. Haven't you looked on the internet? It's still on the internet for you. This thing called the internet, it's out there. Oh, it's just, just going to go to this place, internet, and get the answer. Come on. But I'm with I'm you sorry. to a degree, except, of course, that, re, you know, what is good research? Some people think that, you know, trawling around on the net or, you know, it is good research. And um, actually, what I think people need is more of an education around what scientific research and uh, falsifying. No, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to be difficult, Andy, but what about ism? So what, what about, you know, you can you can deflect the argument immediately with this concept of, well, you've looked at that site, but what about this site? Yeah. And you just keep moving these things around. Where, you know, this idea of what is truth? You know? <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think we are, you know, we were used until recently, or at least until 1991 or thereabouts, to living in a very binary world. You know, there was the Soviet Union, there was the Soviet... Uh, and China, of course, and there was the West. That's all broken down. Uh, and I think, you know, the, we're now in a world where everything needs to be much more nuanced, where there aren't, you know, light and dark and all of those things. But we haven't dealt with it very well. And nuances can be fatal. They can be terrible. They can be, they can be completely unscientific. 
Uh, and, you know, but reality, of course, is more complicated than just black and white or light and dark. But nuances are themselves, you know, uh, that we, we have to give up this notion that there are certainties in the world. I'm, gonna, I'm just shocked at that. I mean, there aren't certainties. Like, you mean, you're going to tell me that we did land on the moon? Yes, no. of course. But, but, oh but there is but the, the notion that there are certainties of ideology that 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 a certain ideology or a certain way of thinking will automatically be right uh, is is itself a very unscientific way of looking at the world. The world is much more is much more nuanced. I mean, I think I, I think you're absolutely right, Andy. That the world is incredibly complicated. Um, and we we have, but we have a kind of social media environment which still um, which boils things down uh, to sound bites, which yeah. creates binary debates out of things that are very complex. Whether it be the situation in Ukraine, whether it be COVID or whatever it is, these are very complex. Uh, issues that require a lot of expert input um, and you know you're either for or against someone's tweet you've either retweeted it or you haven't you've either given a thumbs up to something or you haven't and so the binary world of the soviet union versus capitalism has been replaced by the kind of binary world of like and not like and and uh, and uh, tweet and not tweet and so on do you think but look at look at the states. I mean, we're in a situation. It's a really dangerous situation where something like forty five percent of the population really does believe that 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 the Trump's you know election win was somehow stolen from them, and you know we're in danger. I think of of going back if if Biden doesn't pull his socks up uh, 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 to going back to an, uh, Trump Mark too, and God help us if that happens. You know, the, but people really do believe this, and, and frankly, more research is not going to be the answer to this because they think they've done all their research. Five in the eye. Story number four this week is about suits. Now I know Michael certainly historically back in the day, Michael, you were a power dresser. I mean, oh, there's no Briggs. question about Come that. Come on, Oswald Boateng, he's my man. Yeah, with your Oswald Boateng suits. And uh, you always believed, didn't you, Michael, that if you wanted to clinch those crucial deals, you had to look the part. Oh, but, but, <laughs> come on. The, you thing, think- the, the, the thing is, you might be shocked to discover, Michael, that um, although the suit, the humble suit or the, or the fancy suit that you bought was once a part of uh, the Office of National Statistics way of measuring inflation, and it had been since 1947. They've now decided to take it out of the basket of different products that they use to calculate how much prices are rising. Um, and this must reflect surely the fact that, well, obviously during the pandemic, fewer people going to offices and so on. So fewer people buying new suits, but perhaps a more general trend towards casual attire. No, 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 no. no Do you think, no, Michael, that no. the times have moved on? No, it's about standards. We've lost those standards. We've loosened them. We go to the office now looking as though we're going gardening or going for a jog around the block. Well, the suit was, uh, do you know what they thought? You know what they call a group of um, tailors? A disguise of tailors. The time would create you, you put on your suit, you would disguise, you'd be Superman. You'd go into the office and you were capable of doing anything. So any man who has a suit on, 
is a power man, is a superman. So, you know, to, you know, to take the suit away, you know, we're kind of dumbing down, reducing that, the, the power, the, the, the efficacy of the man, to be, the man to be effective in the office. Now, Andy, you're smiling there, Andy. Now, you have well, a, you wear a suit. I know you did. I've seen you. Well, I did wear a suit. I mean, I guess, you know, there's, we're, we're three old farts here, aren't we? And, well, I mean, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Oh, I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> so there are no women here who, for whom suit, suit wearing means something very different, of course. But uh, let me tell you what happens in my suit. I mean, I, I decided to have a look at my, my, my suit the other day. I hadn't worn it for two years, and it's been eaten by moths. And I kid you not, you know, so this is one really positive thing, I think, although you would disagree with me, I'm sure, Michael. What COVID has done for me is lockdown has meant that I had no longer am suited and booted in the way that I was before. So, 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 so when you call to the palace for your MBA and your, or your knighthood, hello? Uh, well, I'm afraid I'm one of the people who would turn down an OD. Oh, I saw that coming. That was so. What about you, Phil? When, if, you, when, if, you, when you, if you, if you, if you get that invitation, Andy, pass it on to Michael because he'd love an OBE, wouldn't he? OBE, other buggers' efforts. So come on, Phil. Where's your suit? Well, I do. I do. Yeah, I do have one or two suits tucked away with the towers. And I've actually worn one this week. Yeah. Um, um, when, when I was running a training course. Because you put on that suit and you become a different human being. Well, Superman. I think, you know, I, I you know, I, I like to dress in, in a way that's appropriate for the circumstance, you know, and I went into a business this week where, you know, I was glad I wore the suit. People were, um, it was mainly uh, women on the course, but they, were, that is, they weren't wearing, you know, the same kind of suit I was wearing, but they were dressed smartly. And so I felt that, um, I, you know, I'd done the right thing by, by, by dressing up. One thing I have dropped, though, is a tie. And uh, I used to wear ties probably up until about three years ago and i just noticed i mean traveling on a train pre-pandemic into london you know i was the only person with a tie and i was thinking you know this is it reminded me of seeing guys on the waterloo and city line many years ago with bowler hats and me thinking what an anachronism they were and then of course they disappeared i'm thinking i'm now the the equivalent of the guy with the bowler hat Yes, ties are God's way of, get, of restricting your breath and your thinking, in my view. Absolutely. Listen, guys. Yeah, and, listen, and they guys. can be consigned to the dustbin of history. I'm no, I'm no enemy of dressing up smart. Um, and indeed, my suit used to do this for me. But uh, but the notion that you have to do that as part of a uniform, I think it's, no, is really something. But, but no, you res- it, it's about respecting the circumstance. I am not gardening. I am not playing football. I'm in something different. Well, I'm it, in a it's serious interesting, situation. interesting you say that, Michael. I, I'm reminded of Alan Bennett's uh, autobiography, the, the the author Alan Bennett, and his father, Alan Bennett's father, had two suits, and they were called his suit and his other suit. And his suit was his posh suit that he would wear on special occasions. His other suit had fallen on hard times and was a bit rough and ready, and he might even use it in places like the garden. And then what would happen, it would become so tatty that he had to get a new suit. And so his suit became his other suit. And then the main suit was replaced by the new one. And there was a kind of shuffle around. Standards, standards, standards. I, I, what, a, what a pleasing story to end that point on. The man had standards, unlike you, Tim. I'm just <laughs> shocked, surprised, and 
a little concerned. Five in the eye. I think we're moving forward to the House of Lords, of course, where suits were absolutely de rigueur, although not anymore. Um, yes. Yeah, so story number five, indeed, takes us to the House of Lords, where Lord Young, a Labour peer, got into trouble. Andy, tell us about this. What 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 happened? And why was why was the noble lord incurring the wrath of the of the House of Lords? Well, Lord Young had quite um, quite openly and nakedly fallen asleep, and I think was probably snoring very loudly. It was brought to uh, a number of members' uh, 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 attention, and I think they sent him a note. He then decided that he was going to speak on the same subject that he'd fallen asleep to and was told that he on no account should be allowed so to do. Now, this is definitely a first for the House of Lords, because uh, for those of you who have tried watching the House of Lords on parliamentary TV, actually people falling asleep is not an unknown quantity, indeed it's almost ubiquitous sometimes. Having said that, of course, the House of Lords is, a, is, it, it, it is at the moment stopping the government doing some, some really serious uh, things around immigration and asylum at exactly the same time as we're now supposed to be letting in, quite rightly, lots of Ukrainian refugees. So having some Woke, or at least awake, <laughs> might not be a bad thing. Oh, they woke. You know, I, I never, you know, personally, I never, I never associated the wokeness with the House of Lords. They always just seem a sleepy organization, a sleepy institution, lost in the midst of time, which should be closed down centuries ago. Where you know, where where because your dad, one of your ancestors. A couple of centuries ago, won a battle for the king means that you should be in the in the House of Lords to speak up about the quite, affairs of the think. nation. Nonsense. Oh, Nonsense. Absolutely. absolutely. You know. So, and, and I mean, I, 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 you know, I question this business. I mean, he, you know, this poor Lord Young. You know, he, 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 maybe he'd nodded off, but perhaps he was just contemplating some of the speeches with his eyes closed. He could focus that little bit more. I mean, very often, of course. Um, when Michael's speaking on five in the eye, I might, you know, close my eyes for a few minutes, but it doesn't prevent me from coming in with a very astute and telling comment, does it, Michael, afterwards? Can I, can I just come back to that, Phil? You are talking nonsense. When you fall asleep, you know, you can't come back. You don't come back. You will never come back and say, make a, make a profound point. Having said that, I know how challenging it can be. So that's where you need... That's where you need a good suit to keep you stiff and upright, ready to ready to listen and respond to the debate. You don't want these comfortable pair of slippers and these jogging pants where you can relax around the house, the house and the house of lords and fall asleep. A suit, sensible. With a starch shirt and an old Etonian tie. Bring it on, bring it on. That's the house of lords for you. Not to mention a top hat. You can even a a hat indoors. So no, come on. No excuses. Get that suit on. Keep awake. Listen to the debate. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for another week. We've shaken the kaleidoscope of news and tried to find some patterns for you. If you managed to stay awake, we've done our job. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much Andy for joining us on the show today and remember great to see you guys and remember if you want to if you want to get in touch over the next coming weeks week or weeks please do visit our Facebook page 
for now, this is Phil Woodford wrapping up episode 0349. Wishing you well and signing off for another week. This is Andy saying goodbye after my first ever five in the eye. Oh, you're welcome, you're welcome. And this is me, Michael O'Hajura, saying, if you have been, thanks for listening. See you again at the same time next week. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?